0: Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days, where we feature the best of old-time radio for your listening enjoyment. We started off the year saying we would bring music, comedy, and adventure. Well, music and comedy is out, and we're back to what works. Adventure, detective, lawman, and suspense. Your old favorites will be regulars. Dragnet, Gunsmoke, Dangerous Assignment, Suspense, Johnny Dollar, Texas Rangers. You get my drift. The good stuff. Thanks for being with us and staying with us. And tell a friend. And enjoy those old radio commercials along the way. And now, our show
1: Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
2: Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to involve my trying to prevent a revolution with just one weapon, a box of busted bells. Morning, Commissioner. Ruth said you had an assignment for me. I do, Steve. Take a look at this map of the Middle East. Uh Uh-oh, I might have known. what? I read the newspapers, too. So they're having a little trouble in one of the countries over there. Right away I get elected, I suppose. You do? And it's more than a little trouble. How much do you know about it? Only that it's some kind of a scandal involving one of the bright young boys in their government, an ex-lawyer named Katouf. Yeah, Katouf is the leader of the majority party there. And as such, he
3: is, in effect, the strongest voice in the government. Wait a minute. Seems to me I remember. He was accused of treason. Yes, by a minor official named Matala. Shortly after Matala made his accusation, he disappeared. Bloodstains were found in his house. The theory is that Katouf killed him before he could furnish proof of Katouf's treachery. So it sounds like Katouf's in hot water, huh? What's that got to do with us, Commissioner? Plenty. You see, Steve, Katouf's government had already consented to sign an agreement permitting the United Nations to establish an air base in that country. I see. You can well imagine how vital such a base could be. But if Katouf's party falls from power as a result of this scandal, the control of the government is liable to fall into the hands of a highly organized minority party who undoubtedly would like to prevent
2: the agreement concerning the airbase. Ah, from where I sit, it looks like a real sweet mess. Uh, look, Commissioner, one thing I don't get. You say this Matala disappeared right after he accused Katuf of treason? That's right. Has his body been found? No. Well, then how can they hold Khartouf? You can't convict a man of murder unless you produce the dead body of his victim. They don't have to
3: convict Khartouf, Steve. The mere fact of Matala's disappearance under those particular circumstances is enough to discredit him. And that's what I think they're after. You see, there's an election coming
2: up next week. You know, the way you're talking, Commissioner, sounds like you figure this whole deal's a frame. Get over there, Steve. Talk to Khartouf. Try to find out what really happened to Matala. Go anywhere and do
3: anything you have to to get to the bottom of this whole rotten mess. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
1: The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you'll find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment. Sure, I've got my
2: assignment. Just a simple matter of sticking my nose into a nasty political mess in the Middle East to try to prove that Kato's been framed. All of which gives me an uneasy heist that if he has... The same person who's out to kill him off politically will be trying his best to do likewise to me, literally. Well, it's Tuesday when my plane lands in the capital of the Middle Eastern country. I learn that Khartouf is in a session of the legislature, so I wait outside in the hall, and from the sound of it, it's a pretty stormy session. Finally, it breaks up, and they start straggling out. It looks no, bad,
4: General. Our entire party is being discredited because of this lie about me.
2: We must not give up hope, Katouf. We will go on fighting it as we have done. Excuse me, are you Katouf? Uh, yes, yes. Who are you? I'm Steve Mitchell from the States.
4: Oh, yes, I have been expecting you, Mitchell. Allow me to introduce General Abba.
2: General, I am honored, Mr. Mitchell. Are you not
4: going to introduce me to your friend, Katouf? I... This is Hassan, leader of the minority party, Mr. Mitchell. Oh? The minority today. Next week, who can say? That is a matter to be decided by a popular election, Hassan. You're quite right, General Abba. But there is little doubt of the outcome when the leader of the majority party is obviously guilty of treason. That is a lie, Hassan. My record is completely clear. On the contrary, my dear Khatouf. I would say that at this point, your record looks extremely dubious, and no amount of meddling by your friend from the United States will clear it. Look, Hassan, I'm just here oh, to... Oh, it is quite clear why you are here, Mr. Mitchell, to whitewash Katouf. But unfortunately, your mission is doomed to failure. Hassan, you... you General, are... please. You really should watch your temper. And now, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen.
2: Now, there's a real keen kid.
4: Unfortunately, he is making political capital of this situation, Mitchell.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Look, Cartouf, you better give me all the background you can on this deal.
4: The background is one of six years of dreams, hopes, and ideals going up in smoke, Mitchell. How do you mean? It was General Abba here who sponsored my career in politics, Mitchell. (laughs) Remember how ignorant I was, General?
3: But you have made great progress.
4: Yes. With the support of our party, I have brought our country a long way toward democracy. And now, to see all of that go by the board is a bitter thing.
2: Yeah. Now, look, as I get it, Cartouf, you were accused of treason by a minor government official named Matala.
4: Yes, yes. And it is
2: very ironic that I should
4: be accused of treason after all the overtures that have been made to me in the past year. Overtures which I always immediately refuse.
2: What kind of overtures do you mean?
4: Veiled proposals made undercover, proposals that I would find it extremely beneficial financially
2: to sell out my party who was making these proposals
4: i i could never find out who was behind them naturally i would not listen to any of them and then when this Matalla brought his absurd charge of treason against me i concluded this was the next step in their plan if they could not buy me out they would discredit me.
2: it could figure that way all right but it's going to be pretty tough to prove the whole deal is a frame
4: i do not think so what do you mean i am not completely without friends both in my own and other countries It was reported to me this morning that the man entering Matala's general description was seen in Cairo, Egypt, two days ago. What? Katouf? I did not know this. No, General. I did not wish to arouse your hopes until the rumor could be investigated.
2: Well, I guess I'm the boy to investigate it. Cairo, huh? Yes. Mitchell, if you can find this man, perhaps if you were to offer him money, he would return and clear Katouf. I personally am willing to pledge any necessary amount. Yeah, if he sold out once, he probably could be talked into selling out again. But that's the trouble right now. How do you mean? Sooner or later, whoever hired him is going to realize that. They'll figure out that they don't want him running around loose. Yes, that means they will be trying to find him also, to kill him. Yeah, it also means I'd better be heading for Cairo in a hurry. (laughs) grab the next plane to Carro and check in at a hotel, and then I head for the street bazaar. Pretty soon I find the place I'm looking for. The Shop of a Thousand Bells. Just as I get there, a bunch of native kids come charging past and take a swipe at the bells with a long stick. The proprietor tears out and shakes a skinny fist at them.
5: Little barbarians, if I ever catch you, I, McCann, will personally show you how it feels to be jangled with a stick. I will well, 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 good afternoon, Fondy. Would you perhaps like to purchase one of my fine bells?
2: What's the matter, Mikan? Don't you recognize an old buddy?
5: Ah, Steve Mitchell, it has been so long since these innocent old eyes have rested upon you.
2: Innocent old eyes? (laughs) How are you, you old pirate?
5: Ah, as you see, Steve, still struggling to make a poor, but honest living in the face of many difficulties. Brother, you
2: haven't changed a bit. Poor, but honest. You've probably got more piastres tucked away in your sock than the Bank of Egypt. And three years ago, I had to buy you a dictionary to show you what the word honest meant.
5: (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha. And it's perhaps just as well. I do not see you very often, Steve. You are very damaging to my reputation. But, uh... How
2: may I serve you? I think there's a guy named Matala hiding here in Cairo. I've written down his description. I want you to find him. I see. You uh, realize, of
5: course, that this is a very difficult thing.
2: Yeah. I also realize that you and your 10,000 cousins and nephews can find him if he's here.
5: And uh, there is, of course, the um, consideration of expense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. How much? Let us not think in terms of anything so crude as money, Steve. Let us rather appreciate the beauty of my bell.
2: Oh, no, not that again. This bell,
5: for instance, it is not beautiful?
2: Ha-ha, <laughs> such tone. Well, not too bad, considering it's got a crack in it half an inch wide. Look... The last time I wanted some information from you, I had to buy every cracked bell in your shop. Now, don't tell and me. And you th-
5: would not believe it, Steve, how much breakage is involved in this business. Since I last saw you, I must have accumulated at least 100 more cracked bells. And for some reason, they seem to gain in value. I would
2: say they are at worst, well, worth at least 50 piastres each. 50? Why, you old. Well, okay, okay, crate them up and send them over to my hotel, but you'd better find Matala or you're going to get them all back fast. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, McCann.
5: You would not believe it, Steve, but since you left my humble shop three hours ago, I have found at least 20 more crack bells, which um, I neglected to include in your first order.
2: Now, look, I'm not buying any more busted bells until you... Oh,
5: Steve. Steve, I forgot to add that I have also found this metalla. What? Yes, my third cousin, twice removed, located him. It appears he has dyed his hair and shaved off his beard, but we are certain it is the man you seek. Good. Where is he? The Bells,
2: Steve? Okay, okay. Send the rest of them over. I'll have enough cracked bells to put Liberty Hall out of business. Now, where's Matala?
5: You will find him at number 23, Ezbekia Road. <laughs>
2: It's after dark when I get to the address McCann has given me. It's a large house in the foreign residential district. I go up to the front door, but just as I'm about to ring the bell, the blast knocks me flat on my back. It looks like the whole house is going to cave in. I get back on my feet, still groggy, and shove my way inside through the wreckage. The place is filled with smoke and flames. Then I spot a body on the floor. I start dragging him out. The smoke's getting too much for me. Finally, I make it outside with him. The crowd is gathered by this time, and I put the body down and start there, weaving back and forth, trying to keep from passing out. Then a girl runs up to the body and stares down at it.
6: Matala! Matala! He's dead!
2: Then, all of a sudden, the sidewalk comes up at me fast. I've had it.
4: Uh, Mitchell uh, Mitchell uh, Mitchell Mitchell who are you uh, Lieutenant Galefa of the Cairo police how did you know
2: my name I examined your credentials while you were unconscious uh, what happened well looks like somebody beat me to Matala must have been a time bomb Matala yeah the boy I'm after or I should say was after he's lying right over there no, I, I'm afraid you have made a mistake, Mitchell. A mistake? What do you mean? The dead man, he is not this Matala you see. What? Well, then who is he? Oh, he was well
4: known to the Cairo police. A common house thief named Vardisium. <laughs>
1: You are listening to Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
2: Well, this is just great. I bust my back trying to find Matala and end up by walking into a booby trap to pull out the wrong body. Then I remember the girl who identified the body as Matala, and I'm suddenly very interested in why she lied about it. I look around the crowd, but she's gone. Then I spot a taxi sitting at the curb, and I go over to it.
7: Ah, good evening, Effendi. My cab
2: can take you to any part of Cairo you desire. Kindly step in and... No, la- thanks. I don't want transportation. I want information. Now, look, Gabby, I'm in a hurry. Uh, I am CD's... I'm still in a hurry. What I want to know is, did you see a girl slip out of the crowd a couple of minutes ago? Liana? You
7: know her? Almost everyone in Cairo knows Liana, Effendi such a dance
2: she does you would not believe it do you happen to know where she does this dance but of course okay citizen you just bought yourself a passenger let's go
7: Here is the club where Liana dances, Effendi. Okay, come on. One moment, please. Just putting the car keys in my pocket. You see, I had two cabs stolen from me before I learned not to leave the keys in them. Hey, this place looks like a real hole in the wall. One of the very finest, Effendi. Effendi.
2: Oh, brother, you can cut this air with a two-by-four.
7: Shall we take a table so that you may buy me a drink, Effendi? Yeah, I guess we might as well, Siddhis.
3: Enough, the beautiful Liana!
2: Hey, looks like we're just in time, Siddhis. Now, look, when Liana finishes her dance, I want you but to...
7: how can she finish it if she will not come out
2: and start it? Huh? Hey, yeah, where is she?
3: Enough!
2: The
7: beautiful Diana, I think. She still does not make her entrance, Effendi.
2: Wait a minute. She could have spotted me from behind that curtain. Come on. But
7: and now, where are we going?
2: Outside. So, now we are outside. I still do not see why we are. I'm going to circle around to the alley and wait. There's a car coming out of the alley. Liana. Come on, into your cab. I've got to find out where she's going. Come on, come on, come on, fish those keys out of your pocket and get this bucket of bolts going. Very well. Come on, hurry up, will you? We'll lose them.
7: Effendi, may I observe that... All this fast driving will put a great strain on my ancient cab, uh, much more so than the regular fare will
2: take care of. Okay, okay, so you're on salary. Looks like I'm gonna need a steady driver for a while anyway. That suits
7: me to a W. T. No, thank you, I prefer
2: coffee. Oh, fine. (laughs) That is a joke I always say for the tourists. It works every time. Yeah, I'll bet. Now quit making with the jokes and start making with that gas pedal. You better stop your cab here, Sitter. She just turned into that pier ahead. Uh,
7: Yes. She's parking her car out on the pier.
2: Yeah. She's heading for one of those houseboats, look like. Uh. What is it? It's funny. She didn't seem to be trying to shake us. Maybe she did not realize you were following her. Maybe not, but I think I'll make sure she doesn't give me the slip again. You wait here for me. Uh. I go into a little restaurant near the pier, telephone Mecon at his shop, and arrange to buy another shipment of cracked bells from him. After my call, I wait about 15 minutes, and then I head for the houseboat on the pier. I go up the gangplank. But just as I step on the deck, I get a sudden chill. Funny how cold a gun barrel in your neck feels.
4: Get inside. Huh? You heard me. In sight.
2: Okay, Leona. Much cozier in here, anyway.
4: For you, it will not be so cozy.
2: Where's your boyfriend, Matala? Ah,
4: yes. You would like very much to know that, would you not?
2: Yeah, I would. I'd like to talk to him.
4: Talk to him? You wish to shoot him, but I will shoot you instead.
2: Now, look, Liana, you've got the wrong party. I'm not the boy who rigged that time bomb. I want to make a deal with Matala. And because of that attempt on his life, I think he's probably ready to talk turkey right now. Where is he?
4: That is something you will never know. Because right now... You are going to die. Andy, I... will
7: oh. take that gun now, Liana. Ah, Give her. it back to me.
2: Sorry. Thanks for the timely entrance, citizen.
7: When I observed her forcing you into the cabinet to point of a gun, it occurred to me that here was an opportunity to increase my value to
2: you. And, of course, my price. Oh, of course. Now, look, Liana, Your boyfriend, Metallo, was hired to bring a phony charge of treason against a political figure named Katuf in a country east of here. He was also hired to disappear and make it look like Katu killed him. No, that is not true. Save the innocent routine. I want to talk to Matala and find out who hired him. He will never tell you. I think he will, because whoever did hire him realizes now that he doesn't want Matala alive anymore. He tried to get him with that time bomb. Next time, he probably won't miss... But Matala... Matala's liable to wind up dead unless he makes a deal with me.
6: What is this deal?
2: I'll give him protection if he'll tell me who it was and come back to his own country with me to clear Khartouf.
4: I see. Very well, Mr. Mitchell. I will go to Matala with your proposal. Let me go with you. No, you must wait here. I will bring his answer to you in one hour. Uh,
7: Might I make an observation, Effendi?
2: What is it, citizen?
7: Uh, Two hours have now passed, and there is no sign of her. Obviously, she has no intention of returning.
2: I guess you're right, sir. So this looks like I'm pretty stupid, doesn't it?
7: What good will it do you to wait here in the houseboat?
2: Listen, I don't think I'll have to wait any longer. Come on out on the deck.
7: A small truck on the pier.
2: Michu, you think she has returned after all? No, I don't think that's Liana. Mikon? Yes, please? Makan, where'd liana go when she left this houseboat
5: i followed her to a small hotel out of the city away you arranged with this man to follow
7: liana
2: sure i telephoned him before i came aboard the houseboat liana made no attempt to shake us on the way here and that made me figure she wouldn't be leading us straight to matala so i arranged with Makan to take over for me and all the
7: things i was thinking about you sometime i learned to keep my mouth shut offended
2: you lead the way in your truck Makan. we'll follow in the cab <laughs>
7: That must be the hotel Mikan meant, Effendi. He stopped his truck in front of Yeah. Is this the place, Mekan? Yes.
2: You wait here in the cab, said citizen.
7: Will there be violence? Could be. Then I will be happy to wait here in the cab. It suits me to
2: a. W. Come on, Mekan. You find out which room she went to?
7: No, but as you see, it is a
5: small hotel. You should not have much difficulty in locating the room. Yeah,
2: it really is a small hotel, not even a desk clerk. Well, we'll check the rooms downstairs first. Steve, look! At the head of the stairs! Liana and Matala! Good Matala! Don't leave hold Come on, Mikan! <laughs> we pound up the stairs. Liana tries to block our way, but we shove past her. Matala makes the fire escape and heads for the roof. We follow. Halfway across the roof, he turns and throws a shot at us. Watch out, Steve! Yeah, I can't shoot back. I want to take him alive.
5: Look, look, he's heading for the fire escape on the other side of the roof.
2: We pound after him, but just as we get to the fire escape... Oh, he is shooting at us again. No, that shot wasn't at us. Look, down there.
5: Oh, it
2: is Matala
5: lying in the alley.
2: We climb down the fire escape to the ground, but Matala's dead. We grab his body and start carrying it out in front. Oh, it is very heavy, Steve. Hurry it up, McCann. I want to get his body out of sight.
5: Oh, Steve, I do not understand. I did not shoot Matala. You did not shoot him, but he is dead. Well,
2: Leona could have done it. But if she was about to double-cross Matala, I don't know why she should have waited until now. Here's the cab. Okay. Let's get the body in. Wait a minute. Hmm? Where's Sivis?
7: he is not behind the wheel
2: here i am offended. Eh? hey what are you doing down there on the floor uh,
7: when i heard all the shooting i decided that down on the floor would
2: be the best place for little cities okay dump the body in the back McCon. very well there uh, yeah. look we got to get out of sight for a little while
5: well, there's a deserted warehouse around the corner i will lead the way in my truck
2: okay go to it come on setters get this baby cranked up and follow mccann very well Here are the keys. Hurry it up, will you? Start it. Yes, you I do not understand all this. Look, I'm sure that whoever plugged Matala is still around here someplace and would like to get this body away from me. Here, turn here. Look, look,
7: that must be the warehouse. Mikan has already driven his truck in. Yeah, turn in, citizen.
2: Okay. What are you going to do now, Steve? Well, here's the way it adds up so far. I didn't get Matala alive, but his dead body is still enough to clear Khatouf of his murder if I can get to the police station in Cairo with it. I do not understand how producing a dead body clears anyone of murder. Look, we know Matala was killed a few minutes ago here in Cairo. That means Khartouf couldn't have killed him last week in another country, doesn't it? Oh,
5: but of course! So if we
2: can get the body to the police station, I'm okay. But that's the hitch. Whoever bumped off Matala will be trying to prevent that, so we'll have to work a switch. switch. Switch? Switch?
7: What is this word, switch? Have you
2: got any tarpaulins in that truck of yours, McCone? Hey Yes, Steve. Good. We'll rig up a dummy and cover it with a tarp in your truck. You take off from the warehouse and go anywhere you want to. We'll leave the body in the cab, and after we've given you a few minutes' head start, Citizen and I will head into town for the police station. Ah,
7: uh, now I understand. Mikan will lead your enemies on what you call
2: the wild goose chase. Yes, it is. You go on outside the warehouse and keep watch while Mikan and I rig up the dummy. If you see anyone, let out a yell and make sure we hear it.
7: <laughs> Do not worry, Effendi. Such a yell I will let out will cause the Sphinx himself to turn his head in our direction. <laughs>
2: Sidis goes outside, and the Khan and I make the necessary arrangements with the dummy. I fill him in on exactly what he's to do, and he takes off. Sidis comes back inside. He and I wait a few minutes, and then pull out of the warehouse in the cab and start heading to the city.
7: Effendi, I cannot say I care to be carrying a dead man in the back seat of my cab. Don't
2: oh, let it bother you, Sidis. You don't even have to look at him. The Khan and I pulled a tarp over him. Uh, even so, I Let's don't... Let's see. We're on the outskirts of the city now. Nobody's following us either. Well, so far, so good. Hey, why'd you turn off the main road? It is shorter to this way, Effendi. You sure? We're quite sure. Hey, look, this isn't the police station. It's just a big house.
7: Exactly. And we are going inside.
2: Huh? Hey, why the gun? Get out. So you're my boy, Sidis. Out? Okay. Guess I should have figured it. You're the boy who planted that time bomb.
7: Exactly. I waited in my cab outside to see whether I would be successful. Then
2: when you realized that you'd missed and I was after Matala too, you figured you'd string along with me and let me lead you to him, huh? Eh?
7: <laughs> Which you did, Effendi. Inside.
2: Well, what happens now? That is not for me to
7: say. It is up to my superior. You have a...
2: General Abba! Sidis, you fool, to bring Mitchell here. Well, Katoof's closest friend and political sponsor turns out to be the big boy in this deal. Sidis? I had no choice, General. Well, I guess it all figures. I remember Khartouf telling me how ignorant he was when you gave him his start in politics. You were uh, figuring on making a puppet out of him, but he started getting ideas of his own, didn't he? Too many of them. So you made undercover overtures to sell him out, and he wouldn't. Then you rigged this frame to discredit him. It would
1: have worked if it had not been for this blundering
7: fool, Sidis. But but you are wrong, General. It it will still work. I killed Matala, and Mitchell was trying to get his body to the police station. But if that body does not get there, the suspicion against Khartouf still stands, does it not? What are you trying to say? Uh, Simply that the body is now in the back of my cab outside. You know,
2: I got a nasty surprise for you two kids. Uh, What do you mean? Matala's body isn't in the cab. You're lying. Am I? You were outside the warehouse on watch when McCann and I rigged the dummy, remember? We put the dummy in the cab and the body in McCann's truck. I'm sure it's safe at police headquarters by this time. Sidis, you But you fool. do not
7: understand. I could have sworn that you the You see, but...
2: I had you pegged right after Matallo was shot, Sidis. When we brought his body back to the cab, you had to fish your keys out of your pocket to get it started. That meant to me that you had been out of your cab. I remembered you telling me earlier that you always took your keys with you. I will deal with you later, Sivis. Right now, we must kill Mitchell and get out of here. You're a little too late, General Abba. This place is surrounded right now by the Cairo police. You are bluffing. Wait, wait, wait. I
7: heard a car outside. He must be telling the truth. I'm getting out
2: of here. Stay where you are. You are the one who killed Martala. I am in the clear.
5: Let go of me. I, I am getting out of here. <laughs>
2: Siddis pulls away from the general Abba and dives through the window. Abba jerks a gun out of his pocket and lets Siddis have it in the back. I dive for Abba. He swings his gun towards me, but it's too late.
5: Oh, shooting, shooting. Every
2: time I'm with you, Steve, there is shooting. Well, it looks like it's all over now, Mikan.
5: Well, I did as you instructed me, followed you and Siddis here.
2: You were almost too late. What kept you?
5: Well, you see, Steve, I had to stop off at my Mm. shop to break... I, 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 I mean, to see how many broken bells I could find.
2: Yeah, you probably were right the first time, you and your hammer. Well, you'll be interested in knowing I just passed you off as the Cairo police force. You what? Yeah, yeah, I know. It must be quite a shock. Oh, Steve, it puts a severe strain upon our friendship. Well, don't worry. You'll bill me for it. Or maybe I should say bell me for it bye
1: Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jondo, with music by Robert Armbruster, and is produced and directed by Bill Karn. Be with us next week at this same time, when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. assignment came to you from hollywood now it's the man called x tomorrow hear danny k on the big show on nbc
8: discover why critics are calling kingdom of the planet of the apes the best film of the franchise
6: what a wonderful day
8: it's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible i need to go hang on It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
5: Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is May traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.
2: When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize this assignment's going to wind up with a native bandit giving me a big break by heaving a knife at me. Morning, Commissioner. Ruth said you wanted to see me. I do, Steve. And don't bother to sit down. Your plane leaves for Malaya in one hour. Malaya? Look, I just got out of one jungle. Don't tell me you're sending me back into another one. It's just what I am telling you, Steve. Aren't you sort of stretching my luck a little? That's the right word for it, all right. Stretching? Yeah. What do you mean? Rubber. A jokester yet? Okay, what's the deal? Steve, take any list of vital war materials. Rubber's near the top. So, what am I supposed to do, go over to Malay and tap a few rubber trees? You don't
3: have to. They've quite a few thousand natives on the job already over there. No, it's what's happening after the rubber is harvested that we're interested in. Just what is happening? A gang of so-called bandits has been raiding the various plantations, Steve. They're organized and equipped like a small army. They've been setting fire to buildings, terrorizing the natives, and in general interfering seriously with the entire operation over there. I see. Uh, Look, isn't this a matter for the British? Well, they've asked our cooperation in the matter, Steve, and I think the main reason is... There's a rumor that the leader of these bandits is an American. What? To our knowledge, nobody's ever gotten a good look at this leader, or at least lived to tell about it. Hmm. Steve, it's vital to both countries that we smash this gang.
2: Whom do I work with?
3: A British intelligence agent named Willoughby. He's waiting for you in Singapore right now. Steve, get over there. Work with Willoughby. And then go anywhere and do anything that's necessary to put these bandits out of business for keeps. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
1: The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you'll find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. Sure,
2: I've got my assignment just a simple matter of scouring the Malayan jungle to find out who's been burning up a few assorted rubber plantations. And I've got an uneasy hunch that whoever it is has a king-sized hotfoot reserved for me. It's Friday when my plane lands in Singapore and I head for the office of the agent Willoughby. Thoroughly nasty mess, Mitchell. I understand there's a rumor that the leader of these bandits is an American. Yes, that's the rumor. What it's worth, I don't know. None of the bandits has ever been captured, huh? Not one of the blighters, no. We've set several traps for them, but they've avoided them very skillfully. What sort of traps, Willoughby? Well, we've doubled our
1: patrols in the whole area. We've also converted several of the plantations which haven't yet been attacked into miniature fortresses. Uh, Concealed machine gun emplacements, troops hidden in foxholes and so on.
2: But they always seem to know which plantations are guarded and which aren't as i said their information appears to be amazingly accurate yeah has anybody ever gotten a good look at this bandit leader well, i'm not sure mitchell there's one person who may have what do you mean may have it's the little chap in the next room mm-hmm. hey, mr perkins would you step in here a moment please all right now this is steve mitchell Agent from the United States, Mr. Perkins. Steve, Mr. Perkins, an importer.
9: Uh, How do you do?
2: Mr. Perkins, uh, would you mind repeating your story to Mr. Mitchell Perkins?
9: Very well. As Mr. Willoughby told you just now, I'm an importer, Mr. Mitchell. And in the course of my business, I make frequent trips into the jungles to the north of here. I see. Now, last week, I was staying at a friend's plantation deep in the interior. And suddenly, this gang of bandits attacked the plantation about midnight, as I remember. Go on. My, my friend ran out of the house as soon as he heard the shots. He was killed on the spot. I, well, apparently the bandits didn't expect there would be anyone else in the house, as so they didn't enter immediately. They set fire to the outbuildings, and during the excitement, I was able to crawl out of the window and into the jungle.
2: Well, I'm sorry to hear about your experience and the loss of your friend, Perkins, but... I don't quite see what connection this has with...
9: Well, it was after my return here to Singapore that my real troubles began, Mitchell. What do you mean? Well, two days ago, I was almost run down the streets. Well, I'm convinced it was a deliberate attempt on my life. Well, last night, I was fired upon.
1: What? Yes, yes, it appears that someone is quite anxious to put Mr. Perkins out of the way, Mitchell. But why? Well, it's my theory that Perkins may have seen the bandit leader
2: in action. But how did they know you were there at the plantation during the raid, Perkins?
9: Well, uh, my coat... In my haste to escape, I left my coat in my room. You see, it had my name in it.
2: I get it. They found the coat and figured out you must have been there and must have seen them. Perkins, did you see any of them?
9: Uh, Yes. Uh, Well, there was a lot of confusion, of course, but Uh after I slipped into the jungle, I saw several figures in the clearing.
2: Well, now, don't panic about it. Uh, Did you get a good look at them?
9: Uh, Only a brief one. Was one of them an American? Well, I I really couldn't say. Remember, it was in the middle of the night, and the only illumination came from the fires they'd set.
2: You think you'd recognize any of them if you saw them again?
9: (laughs) Well, that's the same question Mr. Willoughby asked me. And all I can say is that uh, I might. I... I don't know. You know,
2: Willoughby, it's pretty obvious to me that this bandit leader is somebody who's known in the interior. It's my notion, too, sir, old oh boy. Yeah, he could figure that Perkins would be making other trips into that country and might spot him, all of which gives me the idea what our one chance of finding him is. You have in mind a trip into the interior for the three of us? Yep. As I've already broached the subject to Mr. Perkins, but uh,
4: he doesn't seem to think very highly of it.
9: Oh. Uh, gentlemen, uh, I'm sure you understand my position... Frankly, I'm not a particularly courageous man. and There have already been two attempts on my life right here in Singapore because of this. And to return to those jungles, it seems to me I'd
2: be inviting my own murder. Yeah, we understand your position perfectly, Mr. Perkins. But I hope that you understand just how important this deal is.
9: Well, I... I, I These do,
2: bandits but... are seriously interfering with the production of a raw material that's vital to both of our countries.
9: I know that, Mr. Mitchell. It's just that right I... Right now, you're I...
2: apparently the one man who can put the finger on their leader.
9: I... Oh, I I don't know Willoughby and I will
2: give you all the protection that's humanly possible if you make this trip with us.
9: I, uh... All right, Mr. Mitchell. Thanks
2: a lot, Mr. Perkins. Yes, I'll second that.
4: How soon can you be ready?
9: Oh, it shouldn't take me long to pack my suitcase. Not more than an hour, I'd say.
2: Very well. We'll leave in an hour, then. We go partway by train, take a jeep as far as we can, and then start out on foot through the jungle. It's hot and damp and... Willoughby's in front, Perkins in the middle, and I'm bringing up in the rear. And all three of us are trying to look in every direction at once.
9: These these bandits could be hiding anywhere around us.
1: That's a possibility, of course, but I rather doubt it. It seems more likely that their main camp is farther in the interior.
9: But they may have scouts watching this very trail. Why can't we take a boat up the river?
2: We get out in the middle of that river, we'd really be making targets of ourselves. No, no, it's safer here in the jungle. (laughs) Oh,
9: Oh, dear. What was that? Oh, a
2: bird or an animal, sounded like.
9: Oh, it sounded like somebody getting killed. Hey, okay,
2: get easy, Perkins. Hmm? How much farther to the first plantation on our list, Willoughby? Oh, it can't be more than a mile or so.
9: Another mile of this jungle? Oh, I, I wish I'd never agreed to make this trip. I can't get rid of the feeling that I'm walking into a death trap.
2: What an optimist. Perkins, five will get you ten. We'll make it to the plantation safe and sound.
9: Uh, you will pardon me if I do not accept your wager, Mitchell, but I certainly hope you are right. Hey,
2: watch out. Uh, what? what is it? Up in that tree. I got him. Oh, Mitchell. Oh, I told you they'd have scouts. Uh, get your head up out of the dirt and take a look, Perkins. Hmm? That was no scout, unless they're wearing snake skins these days. What?
9: Oh, oh dear.
2: Hi, Fif- sons. Fifteen feet if he's an inch. Thanks, old chap. Looks like the rascal had zeroed in on me. Oh, great. We've not only got bandits to watch out for, now it's snakes yet. Come on, let's speed it up a little, huh?
6: Well,
2: here's our first plantation. Well, we made it after all. <laughs> yeah. Hey, quite a spread. Who owns it? Absentee Corporation, oh boy. The resident manager is a chap named Hartford. He's uh, standing there by the checking shed. Mm, British? Uh, no, no, American. Oh. Hello, Willoughby.
8: Afternoon, Hartford. Still poking around the bushes looking for the bandits? Quite.
2: Uh, Hartford, I'd like you to meet Mr. Mitchell, a uh, newspaper correspondent. Pleased to meet you, Hartford. A little off your beat up in
8: this neck of the woods,
2: aren't you, Mitchell? Oh, I don't know. My beat's where there's news, Hartford. And these attacks on the plantations come under that heading, I think. Troops arrived yet, Hartford?
8: Uh, yeah, they're dug in around the edge of the plantation. Say, uh, according to that meeting all of us had two weeks ago, uh, you were going to put some extra patrols in this area. That's right. All right. Any of them around here? Oh, here and there, Elborn.
2: Okay, if I nose around the plantation a little, Hartford. Uh, okay, go ahead. Thanks. Come on, Brown. Uh, I'll tag along with you, Mitchell. Yeah, make sure you don't get lost. Okay.
5: <laughs> we'll check for you
4: before we leave, Hartford.
2: Okay. Willoughby. Huh? What's this meeting Hartford was talking about?
4: Oh, it was, uh, two weeks ago, Mitchell. We called in all
2: the plantation owners and managers to outline and set up plans for the defense of the plantation against these attacks by the bandits. Then Hartford or any other plantation owner or manager knows the defense plans for all the plantations? That's right. Hmm. Perkins, do you recognize Hartford?
4: I I, I couldn't be sure. Say, Mitchell, you, you think that Hartford could be involved
2: in this? Right now, I don't think anything will be. I'm just trying to find out. Brother... Look at those machine gun emplacements.
9: Oh, the bandits would surely not attack a place as heavily armed as this.
2: Maybe they would, if they knew just where the machine guns were located. Perkins, any of those workers over there look familiar to you?
9: Huh? Uh, No, no. I've been looking at all of them very closely, but I I don't recognize a single one.
2: How far to the next plantation will be? Oh, it's two hours easy travel. There's a native village between here and there and a well-marked trail. Who owns it? A Dutchman, Van Voorhis. Okay, we better get started. I've got no hankering to be caught in the jungle after dark.
3: Welcome to my plantation, gentlemen. Thanks, Van
4: Borges. After you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. You arrived just in
3: time. Another hour and it will be quite dark. And in these times it is not wise to be out after dark.
9: i hardly agree with that
4: good evening gentlemen
3: hmm? well my wife sukala oh. gentlemen. hello
5: i am honored
3: oh, i should say my bride three months now yes the three of you will of course spend the night
2: here oh that's very kind of you you were uh, from this part of the country sukala
4: no i am not if you excuse me gentlemen I will give the necessary orders to our
2: cook. Would you care for a drink, gentlemen? Oh, a little later, maybe. Right now, I'd like to take a look around your plantation, if I might. But, of course, I will be glad to show you around. I will tell Sukala that we will be back shortly. Willoughby. Huh? She must be at least 20 years younger than he is. The wife? Yeah, and she's not from this part of the country, either. How long ago did these raids start? Oh, they've been going on for between two and three months now. Uh Uh-huh. And three months ago, she married Van Voorhis and moved into this area. Interesting thought, isn't it? We knows around the plantation. It's fortified, just like the other one. But Perkins doesn't recognize any of the workers. We have a late dinner and turn in. Perkins' room is between Willoughby's and mine. I don't know how long I've been asleep when all of a sudden... The racket jerks me out of bed to the window. Tongues of flame are licking at the outbuildings. In the light of the fires, I can see guys running around shooting up the place. So here we've been breaking our backs to find the bandits. But the way it's turned out, the bandits have found us.
1: You are listening to Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
2: run to Perkins' room and jerk open the door.
9: Uh, The bandits, Mitchell, they'll kill me. Not if you stay
2: undercover, Perkins. I'm going outside and see if I can lend a hand. Over here,
5: Mitchell! Okay. You got your gun? Yeah. Where's Van Borges? Right here. So, get back inside the house. once.
4: Very well. Every
2: building is fire except the house. How could they have gotten through the defenses, Willoughby? They must have known exactly where they were and infiltrated between them. They've already blown up two machine gun emplacements with hand grenades, and they've killed the troops at the third over there. Okay, round up what troops are left, Willoughby. I'm going to make a try for that machine gun. I start circling towards the machine gun. Suddenly, a native looms up in front of me, an ugly scar on his cheek and in his hand, a long knife that's even uglier. I drop to one knee. The knife whistles over my head. I dive for him, but he scrambles into the bushes. I throw a shot at
6: him.
2: I don't know whether it takes effect. Then I spot another bandit drawing a beat on me. This time I don't miss. I finally get to the machine gun and I swing it around. I smelled away into the jungle, but by now the damage has been done. I joined Willoughby and Van Voorhees on the front porch of the house.
3: The house itself is untouched, but that is the only thing that is.
2: The plantation itself is a complete loss. Well, it was an infernally well organized attack, Mitchell. They got right into the machine. Hey, wait a minute. What was the matter? Perkins. Come on! I want to make sure he's okay. Well, where was he during the shooting? I went into his room, I told him to stay undercover, but. Those bandits seem to know everything else. They could have known he was on the plantation, too. Well, here we are. Perkins? Are you... Per- hey, where is he? He's nowhere in sight. Perkins! Oh, great. If they've gotten him, we're licked. Well, he might have done what he did during that attack before, escaped through the window. It's closed. I'll try this closet, then we'd better... Perkins...
6: Is it all
2: over? Yeah, it's all over, Perkins. You can climb down off that closet shelf. Well,
9: you told me to stay undercover, Mitchell.
2: Yeah, you sure took me, literally. And I guess it's just as well. Come on, Willoughby. Let's go talk to Van Voorhees. Right. Mitchell,
9: isn't there someplace else where we can stay the rest of the night? I don't... Look,
2: this plantation is probably the safest place in the world right now for you, Perkins. The bandits have already done their job here, and quite completely too. I'd give a year's pay to know how those blighters are getting their information. (laughs) Yeah.
3: The plantation is a complete loss, but we are still unharmed, and that is the important thing. Oh, gentlemen, my wife is quite upset over this. I've been trying to tell her.
7: Gentlemen, if you will excuse me, please. Yeah.
3: what are you going to do, Van Voorhees? I think the only thing to do is to get out of here. I've been trying to talk my wife into leaving, but she thinks we should stay
2: and try to rebuild. Oh? Uh, tell me, Van Voorhees, had you known your wife long before you married her? By no. Only a short time. Why do you ask? She came here to live about three months ago, and it was shortly after that that these raids started. Raids that are obviously based upon inside information. Hey, Mitchell... I have extended to you the hospitality of my house, but I have not
3: extended to you the right to make accusations against my wife. I am
2: not making accusations, Van Voorhees. I'm just trying to find out who's heading up this gang of bandits. I would stake
3: my life that my wife is not involved in
2: such a thing. I see. What would you stake on your neighbor then, Van Voorhees? Neighbor? The American Hartford, manager of the next plantation back.
3: Mitchell, the only thing I know about this
4: Hartford is that I do not trust him. Why not? I do not know. I simply do not trust the man. Uh, Mitchell, you pointed out earlier that Hartford had complete information on the defenses of these plantations. Yeah. Uh,
9: Hartford also knew we were coming to this plantation. Perhaps he recognized me, and that is
3: why... Uh, Visitor, at this time of night...
8: Hartford!
2: Well, speak of the devil, Willoughby.
8: Quite. Quite. Heard the shooting saw the flames on so I headed for your plantation here to see what the trouble is. Well, looks like I got here a little too late.
2: Sure made a mess of the plantation, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did, Hartford. Amazing how they knew just where the defenses were located, isn't it? Sure is. Must be pretty smart, all right. Either that or somebody's giving them pretty smart information.
8: Yeah, could be. Uh, Got anybody in mind, Mitchell? Yeah, Could be. You know, uh, you seem to be taking quite an interest in this deal for a a newspaper correspondent. (laughs) Funny thing about a newspaper correspondent, they do a lot of traveling around, visiting
2: plantations. Sometimes it's a pretty neat cover to accuse somebody else, isn't it? Meaning what? Meaning skip it for now.
9: Well, gentlemen, I, for one, have had quite enough excitement for one night, and if you don't mind, I'm going back to bed.
2: Okay, one thing, though. Uh, What is it? Might be a good idea to lock your door, just in case. Uh. Perkins heads for his room, and I go to mine next door. I stretch out on the bed and light a cigarette. At this point, Hartford is high up on my suspect list. He's in a perfect spot to have engineered the raids, but I can't forget Van Voorhees' wife, Sakala, either. She could fit into the deal somehow, too. Finally, I guess I doze off. A faint sound starts pecking at my brain. At first, I think I'm dreaming, but finally, it pulls me awake, like a rustle of papers or a faint crackle of flames. Then it stops. I head for Perkins' room in a hurry. Perkins! You all right? Perkins! Locked. Perkins! What is it? Mitchell, open uh, up.
5: Oh, very
9: well.
2: Uh, what's the matter? Hey, hey, you okay?
9: Oh, why, yes. Uh, sleeping like a baby, as a matter of fact.
2: Uh, why? Did you hear a sound a moment ago? A uh, sound? A faint crackling-like sound.
9: Why, why, yes, but I, I thought I was dreaming.
2: Uh, let's take a look out the window. Huh? Hey, look down there in the ground, just below the window.
9: Oh, cigarette, uh, still burning. Mitchell, that crackling sound you heard, it must have been the rustle of these bushes outside my window. Somebody was trying to get into my room. Wait a minute.
2: Look out the window, over there across the clearing.
9: Oh, two people. Why, it's Hartford talking to Van Voorhees' wife.
2: Yeah, comparing notes, maybe, or setting up the next raid. Okay, throw your things in your suitcase, Perkins.
9: What? But why? We're leaving.
2: Um, Now? Yeah, right now. Come on, get packed. Oh, dear. I go back to the living room. Van Voorhees and Willoughby are sitting there drinking cognac.
3: I have finally persuaded my wife that we should leave the plantation,
2: Mitchell. Where is your wife? She went to bed half an hour ago. I see. Willoughby, any of your roving patrols in this area? Yes, one of them arrived here just a few minutes ago, Mitchell. Good. Let's have them escort us back to Hartford's plantation. Now? Yeah. But it'll be light in just a couple of hours. And it may be too late. I'll explain later, Willoughby. Right now, I want to get started.
4: Very well, old boy.
3: Hey, Mitchell, as long as Sukala and I have decided to leave the plantation, we may as well accompany you. That way, we would be sure of
2: protection. Okay, Van Voorhees. You and your wife pack up, and let's get going. <laughs> Half an hour later, we shove off. Van worries and his wife, Hartford Perkins, Willoughby, the patrol, and myself. A little after dawn, we reach the native village, that's halfway between the two plantations, and start walking through it. Mitchell. Yeah. You told me that you saw Hartford and Van Boy's wife talking together. That's right. They could have been cooking up another raid. Well, is that why you want to get us and the patrol back to Hartford's plantation? I mean, you think the raid is scheduled for there? It could be. a why, what's the matter? Keep walking. He doesn't see me. Who doesn't see you? Over there in that bunch of natives, the gent with a scar on his face. That's one of the bandits. He chucked a knife at me last night. What? Go on without me. I'll join you later at Hartford's plantation. And don't let anything happen to Perkins. The rest of the party moves on. I drop out of sight in the bushes where I can keep my eye on the village and the native with the scar on his cheek. After a while, he eases away from the village. I tail him through the jungle, keeping well back, so he won't spot me. An hour later, he reaches a small clearing, and I know I've found the bandits' main camp. There must be two dozen of them lying around, and in the center, there's a guy trying to raise someone on a walkie-talkie.
7: Hello. 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 Hello.
2: He's not having any luck, but I am, because a lot of things have suddenly fallen into place. I turn and start to leave, then I freeze. One of the bandits is coming along the trail to the clearing. He'll pass right by me and be sure to see me. I've got to get the jump on him. I wait until he's right up to me, then I dive for his neck. He drops his gun. Claws his throat. I know if he lets out one peep, I'm a dead duck. I increase the pressure tighter, tighter. Finally, his knees buckle, and he slumps to the ground. I drag him under the bushes and take off. It's the middle of the afternoon before I get to Hartford's plantation. I was getting worried about you, Mitchell. About to send the patrol back to find you. I'm glad you didn't. Where are the others? They're all inside the plantation house. Good. That patrol leader around anywhere? Yes, he's right over there. Uh, Lieutenant Sheffield. Yes?
8: What is it, Willoughby?
2: Uh, Mitchell wants a word with you. I've uh, located the bandits' main camp.
8: What's that? Mitchell?
2: Yeah. Let's see. It's 3 p.m. That ought to give us time enough. Time enough for what? We're going to cook up a little gag, Willoughby. If it works, we're not only going to get the whole gang, we'll also nab their leader. (laughs)
8: Not that I find mine furnishing the liquor, Mitchell, but uh, I don't quite see the reason for suddenly having a cocktail party.
2: Oh, just felt like a little celebration, Hartford.
5: I do not think there is cause for any of us to be
3: celebrating right now. My husband and I have just lost our plantation. My
2: dear, you must reconcile yourself.
9: I, for one, will feel more like celebrating when I'm safely back in
2: Singapore, Mitchell. Oh, cheer up, Perkins. The worst is over. That's why I want to celebrate. But celebrate What? Let's see, it's exactly 5.30 p.m. right now. In just ten minutes, those bandits will all be captured. What? Uh, what are you talking about? It's very simple. You see, I located their main camp.
4: You... you found their camp?
2: That's right, Mrs. Van Voorhees. Lieutenant Sheffield and his patrol are closing in on them right now. Hey, Mitchell, my heartiest congratulations. Thanks, Van Voorhees. Well, come on, Willoughby. Let's go outside and tell the rest of the troops they can knock off. Right. Okay, Willoughby. Around to the back. Yes. You think it'll work, Mitchell? I don't know. It's our only chance of pegging the leader. But I still don't see how you intend to find out just who it is. Okay. Hold it here. Now we'll just listen for a while. But listen for what? Quiet. There it is. Coming from that corner room. Come on. In the back door. Now, down the hall and keep it quiet. Quiet. Here we are. Door is undoubtedly locked, but it's flimsy. One push ought to do it. Come on. We'll rush it together. Sort of uh, get back for a running start, hmm? Yeah, come on. Ready? All right. Let's go. Perkins, you... Complete with walkie-talkie. What? Trying to warn your boys, Perkins? He's, He's going at... for his gun! <clears throat> You'll never make it, Perkins. Let... Let go of me! Sit down, Perkins. Let... Let... I said sit Let... down! I got his gun, Mitchell. Hey, wait. Hey. What's going on? Very simple, Hartford. We just grabbed the bandit leader. What? This man? Yeah, Perkins. I do not understand. Posing as an importer gave Perkins a good excuse to travel this area, picking up information, but... When the plantations were fortified, he realized he needed more accurate information.
1: So he rigged up his story about being an eyewitness and the attempts on his life to give him an excuse to be brought to these plantations.
2: Yeah, put him in a perfect spot to transmit information about the defense to his boys by means of that walkie-talkie he kept in his suitcase. You see, Perkins, I heard one of your boys using a walkie-talkie in the jungle, probably trying to get in touch with you. It made a faint crackling sound just like the one I heard last night. And speaking of last night, Hartford, what were you talking to uh, Mrs. Van Voorhees about? Foster.
8: Relax, Van Voorhees. Uh, I knew you didn't like me, so I decided to talk to your wife instead, to uh, warn her about Mitchell. Me? Oh, now look, I'm not that big a wolf. I don't mean that. You didn't sound like a newspaper correspondent to me, so I was was getting a little suspicious of your connection with this. Well,
2: that's the switch.
8: Sheffield
2: to Mitchell, a Oh, it's a walkie-talkie. Yeah, let's have it, thanks. Mitchell to Sheffield, go ahead. Three bandits captured ten minutes ago. What? Only three? What happened to the rest of them?
0: Dead, you
2: know. Okay. Good work, Sheffield. Over now. Well, I guess that's the crop. And, Perkins, after you've faced the court of law for the various murders you're responsible for, I don't think you'll have much time left. Yep. You had a pretty neat scheme going, but I guess you forgot the ancient Malayan proverb. What are you talking about? Man who tried to do bad things with walkie talkie, when law gets through with him, will do neither one. Neither one? No walkie, no talkie. (laughs)
1: assignment starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jondo with music by Robert Armbruster and is produced and directed by Bill Karn. Be with us next week at this same time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another dangerous assignment. Dangerous Assignment came to you from Hollywood. Next, enjoy The Man Called X and your hit parade on NBC tonight.
0: Thanks for joining us at 1001 Radio Days, your home for the best of golden age radio when radio was king. Make sure to check out our other radio show, 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days.
7: Rari ari 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 yo Rap bap 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 bap